Hi, I am Ritu and from Adventurize this is Venturing Beyond 9 to 5, a podcast where we delve into the career stories, experiences and passions of ambitious individuals. And today we have with us Savita Nanjappa, who is an award-winning business coach, founder of global coaching platform Success with Savita, podcast host, contributor at Forbes, international speaker and a member of the Forbes Coaches Council. As an internationally certified coach, she has coached over 300 plus businesses, impacted 3000 plus clients and has clients all around the world. She is the host of the Success with Savita podcast which has over 150000 plus downloads and is growing and has featured some really cool and brilliant guests on the show. So definitely check it out. And in this conversation, we discuss about her journey as a podcaster and what all does ideating, producing, and promoting a well-made podcast really entail. We also talk about her work as a business coach and the coaching industry in general. So, if you want to pursue a career in coaching of any kind, want to become a podcaster, or are just fascinated with the world of audio content and how it generally works. or if you just want to learn about social media marketing and personal branding generally then you should definitely check this podcast out make sure to follow us on instagram at adventure.rise which is a d v e n t u . r i s c subscribe to our youtube channel venturing beyond 9 to 5 and our podcast is also available on all major streaming platforms if you prefer audio only and if you have any questions or feedback for us make sure to dm us on instagram or email us again all details are in the description if you want to listen to the episode about podcasting make sure to check out the previous episode in this episode we'll be talking about coaching why don't we start the conversation sure. by talking sure. about you know your journey really quickly and what led sure. you to be a coach and what are the skill sets you think you would like you needed to sort of develop to in order to be able to be a good coach okay um so my journey has been pretty weird because i never wanted to be an entrepreneur and i never wanted to start something on my own my dream was always the corporate dream i thought i would retire as cxo of something right and anyway i hadn't thought about retiring but i knew that i wanted to grow in the corporate in my corporate career and maybe that's also the generation right you do your mba you you then all competitive about what campus hire who did what who got what scores so i started out working and my first job was with this company called novo nordisk and then i moved on to airtel so i spent time 17 years in fact in sales marketing customer service and during that time i never once thought that at some point i'm going to exit and do something else but it's strange that in the year that my daughter was born it was around the same time that i was trying to figure out what my purpose is in life and you know it did never occur to me before what my impact is what my purpose it was all about self achievement self uh, you know accomplishing things for yourself mm-hmm. uh, what salary what promotion all of that so that's when i started to think about it and i already kind of decided that yeah maybe it's time to figure out what's next i did want to have flexibility i did know that because i was having a child a little late i always knew that i wouldn't want to do these long work hours so that's how mm-hmm. when my daughter was born i decided to do something else and one of the things that came up was that uh, i would do image coaching 
and um, I went, I got myself retrained as an image consultant. I started out because I had the corporate network and I knew that I wanted to help people in middle management move to senior management because the gap that I saw wasn't in skill sets, but was a, was in the ability to communicate, was in the ability to build um, their persona, to be able to showcase their talents. And so I said, okay, I can help people here. And because I had the corporate network, a lot of people did, I connected with them and they said, come and do a workshop for us. So in my mind, I was still a freelancer, not a coach, not an entrepreneur. And it took me a year, this is 2017, it took me a year to figure out that A, I wasn't making any money and B, I don't know how to run my own business. Like I'm in business and I didn't seem to be able to run my own business. Then I was like, hey, you know what? Wait a minute. There are some problems here. I need to be able to, I hated sending out bills. I hated to ask to be paid. All of this happened. Uh, also because in the corporate world, you get your salary and you never need to ask anyone about mm. your income. It is really hard. So that's when I think the first mindset shift happened, which is the realization that I'm not a freelancer. I'm not somebody who's doing something as a hobby, but this is real stuff. And that's when I set up my company and launched my business. And I started to apply everything I had learned in my 17 year career into my own business. And during that time when my daughter was born and I launched my business, I actually had started doing a lot of stuff. You know, that's the time I'm talking about 2015, 16, when the internet was blowing up, Instagram was a thing and there were blogs and all of this. And I was very much a part of that. I was so interested in everything that was happening. I had even set up a blog. I taught myself to code. I knew everything about WordPress. So I was really interested. So I started to apply digital marketing in my own business and being more visual, being more online. The second thing that happened was I was working with the client at that time, and the client was really struggling with confidence issues. As much as the image part is about your exterior, I knew that she needed the, you know, the work, which is the inside stuff, which I wasn't equipped to do. And they say when the student is ready, uh, the teacher appears. And that's when I met my coach. And that's when I moved into coaching. I did a year long uh, program. I uh, got my life coaching certification. And that's how I moved into coaching. Why business? Because, you know, life coaching is the base. It's like your foundation. And then you have different things that you can focus on. So somebody can focus on relationship. Someone can focus on, um, you know, just pure life, wellness coaching. There are a lot of things that you can do. But I chose business because I had struggled so much in turning my own business around. And because during that coaching program that I was doing, I was doing all of these things to convert, you know, to make my business profitable. I had got invited on a lot of um, podcasts because my fellow coaches had podcasts at that time and uh, a lot of people who heard me speak then wanted to work with me and this was for people from other countries so I started to see success so today we have a global coaching platform where we work with clients from 13 different countries which I didn't know was a possibility at that time it wasn't a vision I had at that time and because I could turn my own business around with the things that I did in marketing and visibility and all of that I decided to focus on business because I knew that I wanted to help women start a business. I wanted to help them show them what was possible. I wanted to show them how it could, how you could scale uh, because I had done it, tried, tested. I knew what works and I had the process. So that's how I decided to focus on uh, business coaching. And that's what brought me into coaching. More than anything, I feel like 
the fact that you can spend some time with somebody, change their lives, create some impact in their lives, that is a feeling nobody can take away from you. But yes, of course, to be a coach, there are so many different things that goes into it. And uh, I think that's my reason for why I chose coaching and why business in that. Um, I kind of wanted to ask you something about what you mentioned uh, around, you know, be, uh, life coaching having different parts to it. When we hear life coaching, it seems like, you know, you go to a person and you tell them, you know, things that you're dealing with and how to sort of, you know, get a structure to things and be like, yeah. hey, I have these problems. How do I figure it out in my professional life and also in my personal life and go from there? But I do also know that this is a very uh, unstructured industry. There is a lot of training and coaching for mm-hmm. the coaches itself. There's a lot of certifications happening. Yeah. Uh, so in from that front, if someone's looking to be, become a coach, uh, what yeah. are the kinds of resources can they look into? That's one thing. And two, um, how do they know how to train themselves to become a coach in the first place? Yeah, the first is the awareness that you want to become a coach. And they, you have to know that you are willing to sit through uh, and, you know, be patient and mm-hmm. listen to someone else and then be able to direct them and guide them, have the experience in a way to be able to give them the right direction. At the end of the day, coaching in its purest form, um, the way ICF defines it is you'll have to ask the right questions and lead the client to finding the answers for themselves. It's not that I give you, hey, here are the answers. I don't spoon feed the answers. But the understanding is that everybody knows what is right for them and it has to be intuitive. It has, has to be authentic. So to ask the right questions and then be able to guide them to choosing the path that works best for them, choosing to take action. And of course, being there to help them, motivate them, get them through the, um, you know, the tough times or the challenging time. Uh, so first is that awareness that, yeah, I want to do this. This is the kind of work I really like to do because not for everyone. Not everyone wants to be a psychotherapist. Not everyone wants to be a therapist mm-hmm. or a counselor. And then if you decide to do it, do it the right way. Today, yes, like you said, it's unstructured. Everyone's, someone does a seven-day long program and then they say, I'm a coach. You know, you're not. You're not a coach Mm -hmm. because actually the real training takes time. Uh, A simple life coaching program is about six months long. Okay. And there's a lot of reading that you would do. Then you actually have an assessment. And then you only clear that you've completed the certification. After that, you have to, if you want to get, ICF certified which is the international coaching body you do get a um, there are different certifications um, but if you want the first level is getting this certification and having the coach certified uh, CC uh, forum certifying you that's one not everybody gets that because they do random programs at somebody like I can start an academy tomorrow and give out certificates but it's just Mm -hmm. I mean myself right who's decided that And so that's the first level. And the second level is to go and get your ICF certification, which has some things that you have to do. Um, There is like uh, stuff that you have to, you have to submit your coaching recordings. It's a process. It's not something that you do overnight. And a a lot of people skip this. But the reason that you've got to do this, because you should know, because when you're talking to somebody and you're helping someone through their life, it's a big thing. You don't, you don't get to, Uh, You shouldn't be doing it if you're not equipped, if you're not experienced and just, you know, random um, read something from a book and just start giving random advice. That's not the right way. There is a structured process. So that's Mm -hmm. number one. So I would say, look for those programs, which are verified, which, which are the right ones, get yourself certified. 
bare minimum. Okay, that's the thing. But having said that, even in the US, there are a lot of people who are coaches and who have developed their own process. Uh, it really is up to the client who they want. At the end of the day, if you find a coach who's right for you, who you resonate with, maybe, I mean, you can choose to go forward, but be careful of the quacks, like I call it. <laughs> and it's there and everywhere. But there are very many different certifications. There's the life coaching. Then once you do that, you can add on to your executive coaching. You can add on to organizational development coaching. Um, then there is um, the spiritual coaching, the many forms. So you can pick and choose after you do your life coaching program, what would you like to focus on? Do you want to be a generalist helping everybody on everything? Then, you know, it becomes, you, it's hard to find your target market, right? Because you're catering to everybody. Mm -hmm. But you can niche down and focus on relationship coaching, right? Or you can focus on just spiritual or abundance coaching. So you can choose after that. And of course, there's NLP, you can do NLP, you can add that on. So you can take on many more certifications along the way, but bare minimum, do the life coaching program. And there are many institutes which show that they are accredited, the programs are accredited by ICF. Because you can do a program somewhere, but then if it is not um, verified, if it's not agreed or okayed mm -hmm. by uh, ICF, then you have to repeat it before you can actually get that certification. Right. No, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Even for the platform that we are building right now, we are on the lookout for career coaches that are sort of yeah. wanting to work with the early in career students and that kind of demographic. And as we are like on the quest of finding these career coaches, right? And it's kind of the same thing. You can call yourself a career coach if you have done some sort of certification yeah. or even like start posting have. content and get a little bit of traction. It, it doesn't really take anything to ask yeah. that. And um, and that's what makes it kind of difficult because then um, if like from the career coach's perspective, you got to be responsible enough and be like, if I am going and talking with an 18 year old, a 19 year old, yeah. they're not going to know much. So, you know, the onus is on you to be able to do that. But at the same time, it's hard with internet and it's really hard with social <laughs> media. And also I've like seen a lot of, uh, you know, um, of course, life coaching is really important for you to flourish and, you know, uh, uh, you know, the spectrum of mental health to positive psychology, you know, like pushing yeah. on to, to be more positive. But at the same time, there's certain things that only certified psychiatrists or certified psychologists yes, can do. Should do. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, they've learned the science behind it. Uh, so yeah. uh, even from that front, I've seen a lot of examples online where students have gone and talked to a life coach when in reality, they needed to talk to a therapist who's certified yes. in that. Yeah. So uh, those kinds of things are really hard to, you know, gauge when you just find someone's ad online or an Instagram yeah. profile or something like that. So yeah. if a student or like a, someone who's, um, you know, in the younger demographic is looking out for a coach of any mm -hmm. sort, what are the things they should like see to figure out if that person is either credible or if they should be, you know, trusting to go ahead with that? Yeah, I think that's like, a, it's tough to kind of yeah. narrow down on nothing. The first thing I would say is talk to uh, you can reach out and set up calls with different coaches, okay? The most important thing is to have someone who you can connect with. Not mm -hmm. everybody you can... I've had many people who come to me, like I'm very specific that I work with a lot of millennials, young people. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of people come to me and say, you know, I went to this other coach and they were so judgmental. But that's mm -hmm. not the job. And that's what I like about having being certified because... ICF clearly states that you cannot be, you're not a therapist. So right. we know what are things we should be coaching on and what you shouldn't be coaching on. 
right? So career is a nice space to be in. You can give guidance on career uh, if you have the experience, if you have some form of um, training. But even if you don't, if you can connect to the person, number one, so set up the calls. They, and most coaches should have their first preliminary call. In that, you can ask a few questions, which should be around um, what are the results? I mean, these are my goals. How, what's your process to get me to my goals? Um, and then see if there's that energy fit that happens. I do something called as a discovery session before I work with anyone, one is to one. I always have a first phone call. The reason is to see if really I'm the person for this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for this client in front of me. And often to identify if the need is whether what they want to achieve is through life coaching or what they actually need is therapy. And there mm-hmm. are oftentimes that people who come to me, but they're going through everything, right? Tough times. Somebody has uh, is going through a bad marriage. I ask them to go work with a relationship coach. I ask them to go work with a therapist. Mm-hmm. And often I'll tell them, yes, we can work on this, uh, but you will also work with the therapist on this. So sometimes it has to be, it can be a combined program. So to, what you want to look out for is obviously see if they have some credentials, um, how active they are on social. If they don't have a social media, at least do they have a website? Those are things to look out for. Second, set up a call, connect with them, hear them out, tell them what your goals are and see, ask them what their process is to get you there. And third, ask as many questions as you want, as you need to, to see if this is the right person for you. Once you talk to a few coaches, you'll get, you'll, you'll be able to gauge who's the best one for you. So don't start with one person and stop. Try out at least two to three or four coaches till you find someone who's a fit. It's like, you know, you can go to a doctor, um, you can go to a general physician, but you may not like everybody's bedside manner. You may want to go with someone who you can connect with, who you can be open with and honest Mm -hmm. and who will not judge you for anything that you're sharing and who can actually give you solid tips. Another thing I like to also, if especially for young people, if they're looking for career coaches, um, look at their experience a little bit, uh, because what can also happen is along with coaching, maybe they'll also be able to um, give you access to a network that you may otherwise not have because of mm-hmm. who they are and what their profile is and what kind of community they've built. Right. Yeah, that's a really great point. Um, I was wondering in terms of uh, someone wanting to become a coach, right? And this is sort of a thing where, you know, you're working one-on-one with another person and sort of the value you're giving, your product is basically your brain for the lack of a better word, right? Like your experience is what you already know. So uh, would you say that venturing into, you know, being a coach is something that works well for people who have certain years of experience working in a field? Or could someone right out of college or at like, you know, early stage in their career also become a coach? I think uh, I know a coach who uh, got out of college and became a coach uh, and she Mm -hmm. focuses on um, life purpose coaching. And so I don't think you need a certain years of experience. Mm -hmm. I do feel like I see a lot of people saying I'm a business coach, but do you have the experience of having grown your own business that you are the best person to advise somebody? That's right. where I think experience counts. But whereas if you're doing um, life coaching or if you're doing life purpose coaching or law of abundance or have all of those things, including career, you don't need to necessarily have the experience. But what you lack in experience, can you make up in other ways through learning, investing in your own growth and personal development, applying your tools to yourself, realizing what works, what doesn't work, building a process, 
So I think there's no correct age to become a coach. You don't need the experience, but you can start right off. The one was about business coaches. I feel like mm-hmm. you should have some experience either running a business. That's why usually you see uh, people who uh, retire as CEOs and CXOs, they take to coaching because they're like, okay, this is the, this is the experience that I had. I'm going to bring it to you. And this is what worked. And then they are able to uh, coach others. The other area is if you're calling yourself a life coach, please get your own life in order. I've seen a bunch of people call themselves <laughs> life coaches, but their own lives are a huge, it's a hot mess. So don't, don't be a mess yourself. And then uh, hope that people are going to follow you because people can always tell uh, if you're not, you don't have it together. So I think mm. those are things, but otherwise, yeah, you can start off uh, immediately after college. That can be the career path you choose. And a lot of people are doing that. Do you see this market growing? Yeah, I think so. Because um, earlier coaching, when I started in 2017, people would ask me, are you going to help me lose weight? Uh, but now <laughs> you see so many more coaches. So I think, yes, this market is here to stay because people need somebody to either mentor them, somebody to help them through their self-development goals. Uh, I think there's a real need for it. And I, I feel like the more coaches, the better, because um you can actually help someone live their best life. And that's something that is a great thing to explore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really quickly, I know we only have five minutes left. I wanted to ask you about, you know, as we can actually, I do have 50. So I'm here till 315. Awesome. All right. You can go in details then. Um, So in terms of like being a coach yourself, right. uh, Especially when you're just starting out, I'm assuming the kind of network you did or the kinds of clients you did weren't like always there, right. Or or probably the the connections you made over time. So when you're just starting out, what, like, what would like a good approach be towards, you know, find those first sets of clients that can further, you know, enhance your credibility in the market itself. Yeah. So this is a good question. But when I started out the network that I had was a corporate network. Uh And by the time I was trying to figure out what kind of coach I wanted to be, I'd done a few things, um, not chosen a niche. Now I know that I'm focusing on people who want to start their own business. But at that time, I felt like I did everything and it didn't, the network didn't necessarily help. Um, In fact, the people who uh, will end up working with you will be strangers. So Mm -hmm. um, don't worry about not having a network. That's my first, um, uh, you know, for for all the perfectionist overthinkers and warriors, don't worry about not having a network or not having the contacts. You need to show up and focus on three areas. Number one is how you're going to get your first 10 clients, first 50 clients, first 500 clients. That means you need to have a strategy in place. You need to have your marketing in place. For marketing, get clear on what's your offering. Okay, what is your... Mm, you know minimum like what's your first offering what's your coaching offering is it one is to one there are many different types of coaching there's workshops there's group programs there's group coaching and then there is the one is to one not everybody does a one is to one some people just run the online courses some people just do corporate workshops some people just do a group program and some people do one is to one someone like Mm -hmm. me I do a mix of all of these uh, it depends on the opportunities that really come my way. But I started out with one is to one. I've really honed my skills over there. And now uh, it's become so busy that I'm not able to take on the one is to one. So I've had to move it into a group program, which is the 100 club that we have. So mm-hmm. your first focus is how do I get my first 10 clients? It will come in two ways. One is your organic um, offline uh, outreach that you do. It could be referrals, 
people that you know letting people know sometimes we feel icky about telling people that hey this is what i do if you know anyone who needs this but it will actually come from your immediate you know family and friends circle so make sure that you let them know this is what you do and how they can work with you second mm-hmm. is to use all kinds of free marketing tools that are out there include especially your social media okay so use that to start creating valuable content so people then ask okay not everybody is going to do diy right because google has all the information if you knew how to apply it nobody needs anybody to teach them anything but it's only um maybe 5% 10% may apply it from google the rest of people want you to show them how they need help so uh use the free marketing tools to create content so people will then reach out to you and then uh you know want to work with you so i feel like focus on your immediate circle and have all these offline initiatives that you do which is show up um be visible uh pitch yourself to businesses do workshops be on speaking panels ask to speak uh put yourself out there and if you don't have any of these opportunities use your own social media to go live and share the value that you offer share what it is to work with you and that's how you will start to attract clients then of course you need to create a small budget and invest in a little bit of paid marketing so you can have uh, you can have a marketing budget and run paid ads uh, paid google ads all of this stuff mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, from your point of you know trying to put yourself out there whether it's social media or offline um i was wondering so in terms of people who probably want to get into one on one coaching or just want to you know explore this career but aren't necessarily comfortable speaking in public or aren't ex- uh, aren't comfortable you know even doing an instagram live where there's you know 10 strangers watching you or things like that uh, in that case is coaching even for you or should you be like like okay with not being comfortable with that but still pursue this so you know it is if you want to grow your coaching practice it is a business so you have to like you have to challenge yourself mm-hmm. you have to push yourself now if you say you know what hey um uh, i can't do all of this marketing uh, but i just want clients that may be very hard mm-hmm. if you're trying to go it alone there is a different way of course where you become empaneled with uh, businesses services which offer coaches to companies so you could become join one of them and therefore then you don't have to do any marketing when there's a coaching need uh, they reach out to you but if you want to make this as a real uh, like you're the face of your business you're going out there to get clients out there then you have to probably start you're not mm-hmm. going to be comfortable day one but if you start putting out a little bit of content start showing up a little bit you nobody is great at speaking when they are born they've honed their skills over a period of time uh so you know just practice will get you there experience will get you there but that shouldn't stop you from putting yourself out there against speaking even in your own social media you just have to know your your content topics and you just have to speak about it and don't worry about how you look how you show up all of that you will improve just like podcasting you got started you didn't know how you're going to um you know you got none of us knew how we were going to be as podcasters but the same way so it don't think that is this for me there are different ways you can do coaching uh, another way to do it is to just be part of these mentoring uh, groups where you know then they you sign up with them and then they get you the clients maybe that's something to explore if you find marketing yourself really hard mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah i kind of relate to that in the beginning we started podcasting thinking that you know it's just going to be my voice will be fine 
and then few episodes in we realized you probably need to put video content out there as well to get that kind of traction and then over time because i wanted this podcast to grow sort of like ended up becoming okay with putting my face out there as well so i think it's like you said it comes yeah. slowly and you get sort of comfortable with it in the process of wanting to grow that thing itself um in terms of uh, like wanting to be a coach again um are there like certain so you know if you're a designer you have a portfolio you're looking for a software development job you have your resume in place is there something of that sort like do you have like how do you present the work you've already done to potential clients a great way to do this is your social media or your website um mm-hmm. where you can um you can share testimonials you can share any um certifications you have any accomplishments that you have awards that you won uh in your about page and as you start to build up let's say you show up and you speak on some panel those are things that you can also populate on your website you can use linkedin as well mm-hmm. to do this you have a linkedin company page that you can set up to do this or you can just showcase it on your personal profile to show people who you worked with what you did and showed most important thing is when you start out i would say work with a few people make sure to collect those testimonials that you can then share um mm-hmm. so you don't need to have uh something that you need to show to people all you need to be able to show the client sitting in front of you who wants to choose to work with you is why you're the right person to uh help them and what is it that you can help them with mm-hmm. makes sense um so in terms of uh, wanting to you know sort of like grow your brand itself as a coach um like what are the kinds of you know networking groups you can tap into to you know find those potential clients or even like find other coaches that you can learn from or collaborate with yeah i think social media is the easiest way you go and search okay. there's so much that will <laughs> pop up same thing with facebook groups there are many coaches who run facebook groups as well in terms of finding potential clients social media is one way running ads is another way linkedin is a great way to find clients okay. as well if you are able to show up and share value and be able to have like uh like make those call to action posts right like um saying that hey um i'm you know this is a program that i have and if you'd like to speak to me about how you can work with me one on one or how i can help you set up a call so having those things in place i still feel like people don't use the free tools which is in some way it's not really free because you're spending time and energy and effort but use the social media to do that you can also find everyone is there everyone is doing the same thing another way is when you do your program you will connect with a network of coaches so that's a great way to get started collaborate with each other um sustain touch build on that networking is key continue to network with people online offline invest in networking we don't invest in it enough as entrepreneurs i feel like a lot of people do it more naturally but corporate when people are in corporate they just don't network but i feel like this is a great way for you to find not just groups but also to find clients mhm so uh, in terms of offline networking as well you got started with this what like 4 years ago uh, at this point yeah. um yeah. and uh, you you're in bangalore right like yes. that's where you live yeah yes. so uh, i was wondering like now that you know there's so much of like migration happening and people changing their long term plans after the pandemic wanting to be closer to homes and things like yeah. that um in terms of networking of course like you know there's a bunch of things you can do online but has your location ever mattered in terms of growing your personal brand or even just networking in general no it hasn't okay. because it really is down to you and how you approach it 
earlier I used, so I had this thing as to travel for work as well. So when I travel for work, there would be client meetings that I would have, but I would also, there may be someone that I connected with online. I would also mm -hmm. reach out to them and say, Hey, I'm in the city. Would you like to catch up for coffee? And I always made sure to set aside some time to do the networking. Uh, that's some, one thing that I did, whether I travel to Mumbai, anywhere. I do mm -hmm. a lot of online networking as well. And I see if there's some people that I resonate with, um, I see if I can take it forward. A great way is there are a lot of online networking groups. So use them, join these groups. Uh, in fact, even in my, inside my 100 Club, everybody is networking with each other. But they're very formal networking groups as well. So network with them, join them, let people know. That's literally going to be the first way that you start. And then you can take it forward when you travel. Um, or if you're in the same city, you can connect with the people over coffee in your same city for all the people who are in that group. Of course, there are other even more formal organizations like BNI. So you mm -hmm. can choose to be a part of BNI. And that's another great way to get clients as well. The last few minutes that we have left, I want to talk about, you know, something that you're really passionate about and working a lot around is women in business. So um, like, what are some of like, you know, good resources and initiatives that you've come across that might help uh, women just starting out in business? For women, there are so many now, a lot of businesses, a lot of brands, a lot of platforms are building a lot of resources. I think uh, there are many groups out there. Number one, there are networking groups and there are learning groups, learning platforms. For women to grow in business, what do you need most, right? You need support and you need uh, a little bit of handholding if, if you don't know how to get started. But mm -hmm. I think what people need the most is community. If they're part of the same, because not everybody understands the business journey, right? My, my family... As much as they love me, they don't get it when I'm struggling with content creation or how uh, some guests said no or, uh, you know, I'm dealing with my client. They may not get the daily nitty gritties, but that's something that only another business owner gets. So I feel like one thing for women in business is find your communities, mm -hmm. find your support groups. There are many out there. You go check out all of these and see what feels like a fit. So that's one. Second is there are learning platforms. So there are courses you can take. There are accelerators you can join. Um, there are programs being run like the Goldman Sachs program. See if any of these are of interest to you and if they'll help you. Uh, it may sound like it's something great to do or something prestigious to do, but if you're going to be spending nine months, 10 months and it's not helping you, then don't do it just for the sake of doing something. So mm -hmm. I feel like there are the communities and then there's the learning groups. I, I recommend being involved in both. Um, I kind of wanted to ask you about, you know, like any other learning, like specific learning resources that's helped you as a coach or as a podcaster or as a business owner. I think all of the uh, podcasts <laughs> and books and some courses, it really depends on what stage of your business is at. For example, when I was just starting out, um, I was part of um, a program where they were teaching coaches how to get started, for example. Uh, it was part of my own coaches program as well. And then um, once that went past, then I wanted to learn about, um, you know, just digital SEO. So then I went and did a course. So it's really about where you are in your journey. You can find resources that you um, can learn from. I personally like Startup School by Y Combinator. 
they have a lot of archives. So that's one resource that I would really um, advise people to try. Uh, and then there are also a lot of learning uh, membership groups that are there run by coaches. So that's something that you can uh, also look up uh, in terms of, but I think start with Y Combinator and then take it from there. In terms of um, like there's Female Entrepreneur Association, which is a membership program. Then there is the society run by Boss Babes, which is a membership program for more, if you're looking at international resources, but for the more Indian resources, um, there is Hen Dot uh, Community, Hen India, which is a networking platform for women entrepreneurs who also have, they have events and stuff. And of course, you have the 100 Club here, <laughs> which you can uh, look at. Um, but also, it's not just any one thing, but it's a mix of many things. So listen to the podcast. Like I, I personally follow something called as the learning hour, not learning hour, but a learning time. So in my calendar, in the week, there's always when I'm even writing my goals, my quarterly goals, I always ask myself, what do I need to learn this quarter? Okay. Mm -hmm. And the answer may be that I need to learn a little bit more on OKRs or the answer may be that I need to learn a little bit more around, um, you know, how to develop, a, grow my podcast or how to set up my YouTube channel. So I will then add that to my learning uh, goal, right? That's going to be my learning mm -hmm. goal for the quarter. And then I also have time set aside weekly to do my reading to do my uh, listening to podcasts. To, so that is one way for me to continue to learn. I think investing in yourself, whether you're a coach or you're not, as a coach, you should, but investing in yourself, spending money on taking those programs, going to those courses, getting those extra, um, maybe even certifications is really important because you've got to keep leveling up. At this time, uh, this year, one thing that I've invested in is in uh, something called as uh, which is a speaking program mm -hmm. because I want to grow my speaking career. So that's something that I've invested in. Uh, maybe next year I'll choose some other area to invest in and grow that skill set. So I feel like there are many resources out there. It really depends on what your budget is and what you're looking for. And based on that, you can pick and choose the programs you want to be a part of, the books that you want to read, the podcasts you want to listen, the um, courses you want to take. So that's something that I would recommend you do. And make it like a learning, like having learning in your planning every year. One of your goals every year is important. Awesome. Love that. Constant upskilling is super important. Uh, do you have anything to promote or anything you yeah, should want to share? Uh, I would like people to, A, whoever's listening to this, please follow us on uh, Instagram. Success with Savita is the handle. And uh, we have uh, the 100 Club. The link is in my bio on Instagram. I'll share it with you as well. And uh, you can join the 100 Club if you're a woman entrepreneur who wants to uh, start a business, already have a business and you want to scale it, grow it, then join the club. It's an annual program. It's You get access to an exclusive community. And there's a lot of coaching that we do uh, every month. We have a lot of learning events that happen. We bring in guest experts as well. So join it if this is what you need in your life right now. But otherwise, follow me on Instagram and you can send me any questions you have either on my LinkedIn, Savita Ranjappa or DM me on my Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and giving us those extra few minutes. Definitely yeah. going to be really hard to edit this because there's so much good <laughs> content coming out. But yeah, really appreciate you taking time for this, Savita. Thank, thank you. you.
thank you for having me it's been a pleasure talking to you guys i made sure to move my next meeting to 3:30 so i could like i didn't have to rush it and get through it so thank you for having me and all the best to you both um and i look forward to listening to the podcast as well